Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, David Begin of Begin Insights. Hello, Car Wash Nation, and welcome to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. This is your host, David Begin. We hope everybody's doing well out there. We're starting to see fall show up here, especially in Colorado. We had a little bit of snow this week, which is super early for us, but sometimes you see snow in early September. And a place where my guest is never sees snow, and he probably likes it that way. Warren Davis, the CEO of Stinger Chemical. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me, David. Yeah, yeah. What was the last time you saw snow, Warren? Well, we generally have to get in a car and drive for 12 hours to see snow. <laughs> but every now and then, David, it'll snow in Houston. It, it does. Every now and then it'll snow in Houston. It rarely sticks to the ground. But if it snows in Houston, Houston comes to a screeching halt. It's a big day in Houston when it snows. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. You're the CEO of Stinger Chemical. What I'd love to know is how did Stinger Chemical get started? If you can give us a little bit of background of the history of the company. Sure. I'll tell you, uh, I was one of three partners that started Stinger Chemical back in the 80s. What we did was we found that there was an opportunity for us to sell a paint sealant in Asia. And in 1988, we started selling a paint sealant that was manufactured in the U.S. and we took it to Asia and we were selling it first in Korea and then we kind of worked our way through the Asian countries. That's how we started Stinger, you know. The brand, we had several different brands we were marketing in, in those countries at that time. So as we grew our product line, we moved to detail products and we had a friend of ours tell us, because I would, I would spend probably six months out of the year overseas. And he told us, well, why don't you go sell your products to the dealerships? I was intrigued with that. So I went down to the dealerships in Austin, Texas at the time. And we sold our products into several dealerships. And while we were there, they started asking us for other products, you know, degreasers, soaps. And that's how we expanded our line and started our detail line. That's how we got started. So you actually started in car dealership detailing. Is that kind of the origins of the company and then you found your way into car washing or how, how did you find your way into tunnel car washes? So that's a good question, you know. So we started in detail and we were, one of the things Fritz and I, my partner, my business partner and I, were always cognizant of is needs for our customers. And we had several customers that were distributing our detail products that were also distributing and selling into the car wash market. And they were selling other car wash chemistry. And I was intrigued with the car wash chemistry because very early on, I would say, here, well, try some of our detail soaps in your tunnel car wash. And then I would get the response back, well, they didn't quite work as well as we'd like. So that created some intrigueness for me. And then we started getting requests from our customers. Hey, can you make a product that does this for us in our tunnel car wash business or in our rollover business or in the self-serve business? And that's how we expanded our line into the car wash. It was a long process. You know, it took us probably two years to finish developing our detail line. 
and probably an additional two years to develop our car wash products. And that's a very fast pace with a lot of development time behind it. Yeah. If you had to kind of say, is the bulk of your business still, still detailing versus car wash chemicals or car wash chemicals larger than detailing? I would have to say our car wash business is just growing fast. And I would have to say car wash probably represents 40% of our business now. Okay, that's good. Are there any other industries you serve right now besides car dealerships and car wash tunnels? So we service OEMs. So we do a lot of OEM business. And the OEMs are automotive manufacturers. We supply them with various types of chemistries from, from additives for the engines to car wash chemistry to reconditioning chemistry. We also are providers to large recon centers that you'd find in auto auctions. We're very heavy in the auto auction business around the world, as well as the used car recon centers. So the used car market has changed a little bit in that a lot of the large used car companies have recon centers, these very large centers where they bring all their cars into to get reconditioned before they get sent out to the lots. Okay, so there's an awful lot of business there. And I guess, does your business have and flow with used car sales? I hear used cars are hard to get right now. I don't know why, but I'm hearing they're hard to get. Does that affect your business? Absolutely. You know, I think anybody in the car business, and this is including car washes, are impacted by car sales. New, used, used car sales definitely impact and drive drive the business for us. We see that when our Franchise dealers or our OEMs are busy. We also see car washes are busy. And the only thing I can say to that, David, is maybe people that buy new cars want to keep them cleaner so they wash them more frequently. I've heard that metric quite a bit that, you know, the car wash industry, the one metric that a lot of people that you and I know together believe that new car sales is, a, is probably the best metric for the health of the car wash industry. Do you agree or Disagree with that? I agree with that fully. Yeah. So, you know, it would be interesting to look historically if you can look at used car sales and see how that did according to your car wash. It'd be really interesting as an owner to see if that that does play out. But, you know, something I was thinking about, Warren, before we talked, I mean, when I first got my first car, you know, that I bought for myself in the late 80s, you know, I used to wax it all the time. I would have to wax the car myself. And I would do that at least every six months. But I can't tell you, I mean, I, I play with, you know, different types of products like showroom shine or different things like that that I've, I've, I've acquired over the years as a car wash owner. But, but I don't feel like I need to sit down and wax my car like I used to. How has that changed? So how has paint technology changed over the year? And then how has the individual, you don't see people out waxing their cars like we used to do? You're right, David, and, and paint has changed a lot over the years. The paint finishes and the clear coats have gone all on the waterborne now, but what's really changed on them is they're much easier to correct and clean. So in the past, that when the paints oxidized or there was surface contaminants on the surface of the clear coat, they were a little bit more challenged to correct. The clear coat was harder, and in today's technology, we're finding that the softer clear coats and the, the chemistry in the clear coats make it easier to correct. At the same time, compounds and the waxes and even the protectants in car washes 
the technology has changed where they're more effective and they last longer. So maybe in the 80s you were putting a paste wax on your car and that paste wax may have lasted for 30 days or 60 days or 90 days, depending on where you parked your car and how often you washed it. Today's protectants, easier to apply, spray on, wipe off, or even the standard waxes and protectants that you put on or what's sprayed on in a car wash, they last a lot longer because the technology is different. Much more durability and much more detergent resistance. You're really giving a lot of credit to the clear coat technology, I guess, as much as the paint, because it seems like, you know, in your business, you're not interacting with paint too often. Hopefully not, but you, you know, you're spending a lot of time interacting with the clear coat. That is correct. You know, the clear coat is what's on top of the paint. The paint has changed in that you don't see cars peel like you used to see in the 70s and 80s. You don't see the crazing of the paint that used to happen back in the early 80s. What you see now is uh, when there's a failure, the failure generally starts with the clear coat first. So the clear coat is the most important part of the car, right? From the car's finish. If we can keep the clear coat protected, we can keep the clear coat from getting worn out on the car, right? That's basically what happens. It disappears through friction or maybe it was just a, a, an improper installation of the clear coat. If, we can protect the clear coat, then we really protect the paint in the finish of the car. Okay, and that's and that's what you're primarily doing with detail products and what car washes are trying to do with their chemistry is to protect that clear coat. Absolutely, absolutely. When we started our business in 1988, we were selling a paint sealant. And we've seen how the paint sealants have changed over the years and then also how they've kind of jumped into the tunnel car wash because now we've seen a lot of protectants in the tunnel car wash business that offers protections to the customers that come in and get their cars washed. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I can tell that my car, because I wash it all the time. I mean, I had a much older car before this new one and, um, you know, it looked brand new because, because of washing it and using those protectants that the car wash offers. I think over time people can tell the difference. Oh, they definitely can. They definitely can. I agree with that. Clear coat is really a paint, I guess. Is that correct? It's a different type of paint, but would you classify it in the paint category? I would classify it in the paint category. It's applied by people who paint cars, so yeah. Yeah. You're getting to see a lot of higher-end cars, a lot of you know newer technologies. What are some of the new technologies we're seeing in clear coat? I've heard like certain car manufacturers are starting to play with self-healing clear coat. Is that coming about or what's what's your thought? Well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of claims. There's a lot of technologists out there. I haven't seen the self-healing clear coat that I've been hearing about. I haven't seen the demonstrations of it. So I can't really speak from that perspective. But what I have seen is we saw several years ago OEMs talking about self-cleaning surfaces and self-cleaning clear coats and I haven't really seen that technology work in the vehicle side, but I have seen it in other coatings in other industries, especially in the building, office building and the concrete surface of the self-cleaning on the concrete surfaces. I haven't seen it in the automotive side yet. Yeah, yeah. I think I think there was a lot of talk about that maybe three or five years ago, if I'm not mistaken. But the problem is the car, I mean, the paint on a car is just a small, not a small portion, but it's a portion of the car. You have, you have chrome, you've got 
windows, you've got a lot of other areas that don't have that self-cleaning capability. You know, it's one of those things that sounds like a good idea, but, but in practice, it probably doesn't apply very well. You know, being a, a Texas grad, UT Texas grad, and your wife being an AM grad, living in Texas, does being in Houston give you an advantage from a, it's very much a chemical capital on a lot of fronts, but does that give you an advantage? So when we started our company in 1988, we were located in Austin, Texas. And we, we decided to move to Houston, Texas for several reasons. One of the reasons was the Port of Houston and doing a lot of international business. It, was, it made sense to be near the port and it cut our transportation costs to the port down. But the other significant side is from my office, our facility, probably if I drew a uh, 50-mile arc, there's probably at least 80 to 100 refineries that manufacture raw materials and develop raw materials for our industry. So that gives the, the advantage Houston gives us is it is the petrochemical capital of the world and the oil capital of the world, but what it also gives us is access to new technology and access to the companies that are developing a new technology. And over the years, we've created relationships with a lot of these refineries and a lot of their labs that are developing products. And we ask them for help and they ask us for opinions about products. And so we have this very unique relationship that allows us to be on the cusp of developing new product lines. And that's pretty exciting. So at least in the car wash industry, some of the newer products we're talking about are ceramic products. Any thoughts about ceramic products and do they have to be applied like after, you know, after you do, you know, you strip down of car or can they be applied effectively through a tunnel or what's, is it a lot of hype or is there something to all this? So I think it's both. I think it's both, David. You know, we have ceramic lines, both that are applied in dealerships and we have ceramic products that are available in the tunnel, but they're really two different products. And there's a lot of claims that are made on ceramic products that I've seen in the marketplace about hardness of the ceramic product and durability and some of the claims that are made, I think, are not necessarily interpreted correctly. The key thing that we find about all the ceramic products that are manufactured correctly and applied correctly is the durability. The hardness, there, you know, there's, there's a thing about 9-H hardness and how hard your ceramic is and how durable it is. But what we find is some of the durability claims based on hardness stretch it a little bit. But what we do find is what makes ceramics unique is the protectant that's put on the vehicle will last. It's very durable and detergent resistant and very hydrophobic. And that's the key to the ceramic product is durability. Whereas a paste wax or a poly paint sealant or even at the beginning, the nano paint sealants that were coming out about six to seven years ago, they're not as durable as ceramic products that are out now. And properly applied, the ceramic product brings a lot of value to the customer, especially if they don't wash their car very often. Or when they do wash their car, their finish will pop and basically it looks newer for a longer period of time, really protects their car. Yeah. What I'm hearing is people feel like it's giving them a, an interesting shine to their car that they normally don't get. And I would imagine there's a big difference between applying it in a tunnel and applying it by hand. 
it's different chemistry. So, you know, going in a tunnel, it's a water-soluble product, and the products that are applied by hand, the majority of them, although now they have water-based products that are applied by hand, are solvent-based. And it's a little bit different chemistry. The application is a little bit different. But at the end of the day, you are imparting a very hydropoic finish that is very durable. That's the unique thing about ceramics. You know, the one thing besides there's 8 million car washes being built today is there's a lot of car washes that are demanding more out of their tunnels. So, you know, it used to be back in the, you know, let's say the olden days, but the actual school of thought for every foot of conveyor you have, you can wash one car per hour. So if you had a 150 foot conveyor, you could wash about 150 cars an hour, or you'd set your chain speed to be about 150 cars an hour. But I've heard of people taking 90-foot tunnels, 110-foot tunnels, and running those at 200 cars an hour because they just they want that throughput, which is fine, but it puts extra demand on the equipment, but it also puts extra demand on the chemistry. Have, have you experienced this, and what are you folks doing to kind of meet that issue of cars are, are moving through at a much higher pace than they used to? That's definitely true. As I travel across the United States and really around the world, we're seeing that there's a lot of car washes out there now and people are wanting to get more throughput. And if you have a a shorter tunnel and you want to provide your customer with the same product as, let's say, a competitor down the street with a larger tunnel, if your equipment is set up correctly and running correctly and your, your chemistry is set up correctly and running correctly, you may you may be able to get the same product, the same finish as a larger tunnel that, that's running at the same throughput. But what we find is it's really has to do a lot with the front of the tunnel, the production area of the tunnel. The chemistry over the years has changed. And what I mean by the chemistry, you know, we're, we're making the basic same stuff, but our raw materials, our components that we use in pre-soaks or we use in various soaps that are used throughout the tunnel have changed. And they've actually... I don't want to say they've gotten more concentrated. They've actually have actually gotten more effective. So you don't have to use as much or you don't have to have as long a dwell time on the car to get the car clean. And this is in combination what we talked about a little bit earlier that the clear coats and the cars are a little bit easier to clean than they were several years ago. So I think the combination between what's happening in the surfactant and the builders that are being made today by the refineries and the performance of those and how us as car wash compounders have taken advantage of this new technology and tweaked our products. You're seeing more concentrated products, you see the hyper-concentrated products, and you're seeing a better performing product. And therefore, you can get a clean car in a shorter tunnel at higher chain speeds which is a huge advantage to the car wash operator because if you can do that, you can get a lot more done with a smaller tunnel. The key to that is, you know, good chemistry, but the key to that is also a good chemical rep to come out and evaluate your location. One thing that I learned early on in the car wash business probably 15 years ago was not all car washes are the same. Even if they have the same equipment package in, the dirt's different across the country and what you need to get the cars cleaner is slightly different from market to market. And uh, you really need to have a good, strong distributor in your market to help you 
work through that. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with that. And I, I relied on my chemistry distributors quite a bit because, frankly, I didn't understand chemistry. It's one of the parts of the carish business I didn't spend a lot of time trying to understand because I, I had enough experts around me that I could rely on. I guess I never took the time to, to learn like I needed to, but maybe I didn't really need to do that if I had a good team of people. When you're operating a car wash, you have a lot of things you got to keep track of. And sometimes you got to deal with stuff that's highly impactful that you can you understand. And can you bring an expert in, bring an expert in. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the way I approached it. The other part of that conversation, Warren, is you were just saying new entrants in the car wash business. I'm going to build 10 car washes are all going to be exactly alike. People coming from other industries, like if you were in restaurants or if you were in, you know, you're providing medical services with equipment or something, you could take that one site and replicate it 60 different times and it's the exact same location, exact same equipment. And people coming from other industries cannot understand that you can build two car washes that are exactly the same type of car wash, exactly the same equipment, but they somehow operate differently. Absolutely. There's so many variables to a car wash, right? You know, so when people come from the, uh, and I think that's going to change over a period of time. As we see these larger chains come in and these national brands come in and the franchise model comes in, I think what we'll see is, you know, car washing, even though it's not like a restaurant, it has a lot of moving pieces like a restaurant, you know? And I think over a period of time, things will get more standardized. But well, what I do find is even though they're identical, the two car washes are built alike when they're in different markets. The customers are different. The employees are different. The dirt on the car is different. So there's a few more, a little bit more tweaking that has to happen in a car wash than I would say uh, making a hamburger in one state versus another. But as we identify those differences in, the, in those segments of the business that need to be monitored and, and adjusted for each market, I think what we'll see is we'll see a more standard product across the industry. Yeah, that, that would be interesting. I, I know a lot of people would like to get to that point for sure. You know, even the larger chains, because they're, they're doing a lot of acquisitions, they're acquiring different technologies, different car wash equipment providers, different ways of distributing chemistry. Do you have a particular like way that you like to apply chemistry? Do you like to do, you know, hydrominders? Do you, I mean, I'm sure, sure you work with lots of different ones, but do you have a, a preferred method? Well, you know, it, it, it really depends on, on the car wash, right? You know, we have car washes that are, that are using just basic dispensing systems all the way up to the more complicated dispensing systems like a Hydroflex or, or something like that, right? That you can get out to the, the micro level, really get into the dilution of the product. It really depends on the operator and what they're looking for and the type of cars and how they're washing. A lot of people think, well, one dispensing system can do it all. And that is true. But depending on what you're doing, certain dispensing systems we find are more effective in certain markets. And that may be from a cost perspective up front, or that may be a cost perspective of running over a long period of time and reducing the, the chemical costs or controlling the application. But what we really find is certain products in certain types of arches and applications, there's certain equipment that works best with that. And so it's really about your setup, how you set your tunnel up, 
and what kind of equipment you put in as to how you should set your, your dispensing system up as well. I'm not the believer in, in one system fits all, but I do think it's just like when we look at a tunnel, it's not one tunnel fits every single market, you know. We really like to really look at what the customers, what the objective of the customer is and what, what the product they're trying to put out. And that really determines the equipment and the dispensing that we think would work best in that environment. You know, being a being a chemical company when, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic hit us, we were talking a lot about that before we started recording. We probably should have recorded a podcast on that, but you know, you, you and I were, were catching up and talking about what's kind of happened to both of us this year. But, you know, being a chemical company, you were able to kind of pivot during the pandemic and start creating additional chemicals. I think you actually created a sanitizer line, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. When COVID-19 hit, you know, there was there was a couple things that, that happened. One, business for that one, that two-week or three-week period really fell off because a lot of people didn't know. A lot of the a lot of car washes closed. A lot of the dealerships closed. A lot of the OEMs shut down. A lot of the uh, auto auctions closed. So a lot of our customer base, it just, they closed. And what we looked at, we looked at, okay, what do they need to reopen and what do we need to provide the market, not just the car wash market, but what do we need to provide our city or give to our distributors that they can provide to their communities to help them, you know, we got to flatten this curve and, and eliminate this COVID. So we kind of pivoted a little bit and, and we started selling different types of surface cleaners, alcohol-based surface cleaners. We took some of the raw materials that we had we started distributing and manufacturing hand sanitizers. We created a disinfectant and sanitizing line that we provided to dealerships and car washes. We actually started selling our, our sanitizers and disinfectants into baseball stadiums and sports arenas. And we pivoted in that we, we created a product line, a PPE product line for our customers that needed it. And then we also pivoted in that we we made this line, this line available to non-automotive customers. And we donated a lot of it. We donated it to fire stations. We donated it to all the first responders, different products that they could use out there that were effective against COVID-19, from EPA-approved sanitizers to antimicrobial coating products to hand sanitizers and just PP equipment, masks and gloves. And it still is a very unique market in that there was a time where hand sanitizers were very difficult to come by and masks were hard to come by. And, and now it seems like gloves are hard to come by and other PPE. So we're still out using our resources that we have because we've been selling internationally since 1988. So I have a lot of contacts in various countries around around the world, South America, Asia, Europe, and we're able to find markets, whether it's electrostatic sprayers, gloves, whether it's masks, and we're able to bring them into our market in the United States and provide those out at a, a, to our customer base. So it was a pivot, you know, it was a pivot in that we weren't just selling detail products and, and car wash products and, and service drive chemistry anymore, but our customers were interested, how can we open up our dealerships or our car washes and provide a safe environment for our employees and our customers?
so that's what we did. We developed a product we call a sanitizer station. And all it is, is it was a unique product in that we had a EPA quad-based sanitizer disinfectant. And we made a very effective way to distribute it and very cost-effective where our dealers, our car dealers, that's the first group that we went to with it, they could go out and they could effectively disinfect cars and their facilities for pennies. So the cost wasn't about us making money. It was about us giving our customers a product to keep their doors open because we don't want to lose any customers to COVID. And unfortunately, we did. We've seen a lot of dealers close and not open back up. We've seen some car washes close and still struggle to get back open. And so we were providing these products to help them along the process. Yeah, no, I think that was great that you guys, because, you know, you took advantage of the fact your customers needed something and you were in a position to help them. It was a challenge, you know, it was a challenge on a lot of levels because we weren't the only ones thinking of doing that. And this is where being in Houston was was very helpful for us. You know, we were able to call on our, our, our refinery partners and say, yeah, I know you're, you're either on allocation or close to allocation, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to donate a lot to various first responders. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we were able to get a lot of allocation of simple stuff that was never a problem before, like isopropyl alcohol. We're on allocation for a month or two. It was very difficult to get. But we were able to get, you know, a substantial amount of that product with our refinery partners. It was very helpful to be in Houston at that time. And I think we helped a lot of people, and we're continuing to do that right now. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask you to look look into the future here a little bit, but it's going to be interesting. I, I think we're a lot more aware of viruses and germs than we ever have been before. When this pandemic is over with, what do you think is going to stay in terms of our need to keep things clean and what do you think is not going to be around? When I look at the the global, what I call the automotive market and as a whole, I see a lot of changes. The dealership level, I see a lot of changes in how they're going to deliver cars and how they're selling cars. And I'm not sure how much of it's going to go back to the way it was pre-pandemic. But I think we're going to see a hybrid model in, in the dealership business. Whereas you're going to see more, more sales on the internet for cars and more deliveries direct to the customers and less, maybe less foot traffic to come shop and shop for cars. We're already seeing it, you know, on the, on the cable TV now, they have channels, showroom channels where you can watch and see all the latest cars and the features and, and buy a car right there online. We have several customers that have hundreds of locations across the United States that sell their cars online. The customer never test drives the car, they just buy it off their phone, finance it, and buy their, their finance and insurance products right there on the PDA, on a phone, on a computer, and the car shows up in a day or two. It's amazing, you know. Pre-pandemic, that was just an idea. Post-pandemic, the dealers that were developing that are the dealers that are selling a lot of cars right now. And in the car wash side is, you know, the full service washes. Maybe they're not, they're, you know, it was, uh, we've seen the growth in the, the, the express washes. I think we're going to continue to see the growth in the express washes. Maybe the full service washes will come back to where they were once were, but that's yet to be seen, you know. But I think the car wash industry is, is going to be healthy. 
And I think the recovery in the car wash industry will be quicker than some, a lot of the other automotive industries. I'm very positive in how the car wash industry is looking. The detail industry is very interesting. We are seeing the detail industry grow at a very fast rate right now. And I guess what it is, is the detailers and the detail shops now, people want to get their cars clean. And maybe they want to take it to a, a detail shop right now and, and get it done. I'm not sure why the detail shops seem to be doing well, but they seem to be doing well right now. And it could be that there's just a shortage of used cars in the market right now. And so the used cars that are in the market are getting detailed to be either resold or people are just hanging on to their cars longer so they want to get their cars detailed and reconditioned. Mm-hmm. You also, correct me if I'm wrong, you offer like services to the dealerships. You actually will manage the employees that do car washing and detailing in dealerships, is that correct? Yeah, so we have another division we're involved with that provides labor into car washes. It gives us a very unique insight into the, the dealership business in that we see firsthand how many cars are coming in from the factories and how many cars are being sold by dealers. And that's a challenging business. You know, it's a labor-driven business. It's growing, but it's not a business that's easy to scale. It's been a very interesting learning curve for me. You know, we have probably, that company has probably about 800 employees now. And it services a little over 160 dealerships across the Southwest. But from what we see, the franchise dealership market is coming back. It was a big challenge in March. Actually, March was okay. It was a big challenge in April and May because the factories were closed and there was no cars coming to these dealers. And the dealers were lucky that they were able to pivot and pick up used cars. But now the used car market is is tight, but the factories are coming on. So it's it's a unique time right now to be a car dealer. You know, just like we were saying earlier, the new and used car sales directly impact car washes at some level and we see it. So based upon what I'm seeing, I think the car wash business is is going to come back, bar us having a bit shut down again or, or something else happening with this virus, you know. So hopefully the numbers will continue to improve and we'll continue to open back up and the OEMs will keep making cars and we'll, we can get back to some sort of normalcy soon. No doubt. So, you know, you're a, you're, you're a car washer like I am, and um, we all kind of have a passion for this business. I you know you and I sat on the ICA board together. You know, we, we donate a lot of our time to the overall industry. But what do you particularly love about the car washing industry? The thing I love about the car washing industry more than anything is the people. You know, as you travel around the world and you meet people that have a passion for washing cars, or operators that own one, a single side or, or, or an MSO multi-side operator, one thing they all have in common is they love washing cars. And they're all very creative, and it's a very diverse group, all different kind of backgrounds. People come out of all different types of backgrounds to come into the car wash business. And I think that's what's really unique, you know. And I don't know if it's because 
the love of cars for people. But this is not just in America. This is all over the world. I mean, whether it's in China, whether it's in Korea, whether it's in Europe, whether it's in South America, cars are unique and people want to keep them clean. And the people that go into this industry, it just amazes me all the different types of people that I meet. So that's what I, what I love the most about the industry. You know, I like cars. I think everybody likes to drive a clean car, but the people that are in this industry are unique, come from all different backgrounds, bankers, you, you name it, you meet them. And that's the fun part about this industry to watch people come from these different backgrounds and succeed. Yeah, I would agree. It's, it is very cool to see the different people and everybody's super excited about it. I think it's a combination of cars. It's a combination of equipment, watching equipment work and how equipment works. There's, you know, there's, there's that fascination. It's the chemistry aspect of it. It's the fact that you're making people happy when you wash their car or if you detail your car. I, I don't know anybody that doesn't walk up to their car after being detailed and just doesn't feel really good about their vehicle. Absolutely. It's really cool. Well, good. If people want to find out more information about Stinger Chemical and what you do, how would you direct them to to your company? Yeah, I would I would go to our website, stingerchemicals.com. There's an 800 number you can call. Any of you that are in the Houston area, you know, you're more than welcome to call. And we'll give you a tour, show you our facilities, show you what we do, or just reach out to me, and uh, I'll be more than happy to talk to you more about Stinger Chemicals. Yeah, you can reach you at Warren at Stinger Chemicals. Is that correct? That's correct. Warren at StingerChemicals.com. That's chemicals with an S. Hey, it's good to catch up with you. I appreciate it both on a personal level and a business level to talk about what you're doing and how your business is going. And if you don't know, Warren, even though he lives in Houston, is an excellent skier. So if you ever see him on the slopes, he's like a flash going down the mountain. You know, if you ever get a chance to ski with Warren, it's worthwhile. I look forward to, the, to this upcoming season. Warren, again, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, David. Have a great day. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. We appreciate you listening. If you listen on iTunes or Stitcher, go out. If you can make a comment, that would be helpful. If you know other people in the car wash industry that don't know about our podcast, if you can share that information, that is extremely beneficial. You can get us anywhere you get podcast, which there's a lot of ton of different platforms now where you can get podcasts or you can listen to us on the web and you can get that at carwashthepodcast.com. And so for Warren Davis and David Begin, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on Car Wash the Podcast. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free, on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.